everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm here at Michigan International Speedway with my friend Holly Kane from the NASCAR Wire Service. Holly, how are you? I'm great tonight. Thanks, Jeff. I'm I'm great as well, actually, because um, we got to see an official race today, and I was sweating for a while there. I tell you what, I was about as nervous for like the last 10 laps of stage two as I was at Homestead. Like I had like serious butterflies because I had a flight that goes out Monday morning back to Portland and it was going to cost like $800, $800 to change the flight. There's no way I was going to be able to stay. And I really wanted to see a race. I wanted to like cover a race, do the podcast here, not have to be back at home being like, Oh, sorry, I couldn't stay everybody. And you know, I wanted to interview the winner and all that stuff. And um, we got to see the official race. It wasn't a full race, but it was an official race. It worked out for you, and I thought it was a good race, too. I, I thought it was uh, interesting, compelling, and had lots to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it, it was, it was, you had an interesting winner. You had Clint Boyer winning, which always makes it fun. But it seemed like Kevin Harvick was going to win another one, yet another one. Uh, it was like, well, here we go again. And um, just that late restart there, somehow Clint Boyer with not even the same tires as Kevin Harvick. I mean, I thought there was pretty much no chance that Clint Boyer was going to beat Kevin Harvick on the restart. Well, I thought it was very interesting that they were surprised that they were the only team to come in and get two tires because, frankly, I think that's something I would have done. We saw the weather was bad. We knew it was coming. Uh, At a certain point, as you were saying, you were nervous. I think we were all hoping to get through the second stage to make it an official race. All of the extra laps are kind of added bonus. So I thought it was absolutely the right move to come in and get two tires. And I was as shocked as Clint just said he was that other people didn't. Well, I not only would have thought that because you would have thought track position would be an absolute priority there with the rain coming. But I really, really, really thought that the there would probably be like five guys at the front of the field who would have thrown total Hail Marys. I mean, you look at the standings this year and... Um, how few race winners there have been there. There was, this would have been a golden opportunity for somebody like, you know, Bubba Wallace or somebody like that to, I mean, what do they have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Throw a Hail Mary, stay out, try to run it until, I mean, yeah, you might get past on the restart, but the rain might come right then. You don't know. Well, try, exactly. At least try it. And Casey Kane had done that a couple of times during the day. So I was shocked at the time where it looked like it would be the most logical for him to be able to capitalize that they didn't do that so yeah. I was surprised as you were and I thought I really thought Casey Kane just because he had done it earlier in the race that that'd be a shot they would take so well, and he uh, sort of it was weird because like Casey Kane he, he did stay out initially on the right. pit stop and then he pitted like with one to go before they took the green I don't know why I, I would like to hear. I'm sure Casey Kane fans who were listening to the team radio heard and got an explanation, but I don't know why um, why that was. And then, and then Paul Menard had done it earlier in the race, and we saw how well he was able to stay up there. So clean air seemed to be pretty good. I just would have thought somebody did it. But um, Mike Bogaravich, Clint Boyer's crew chief, I asked him this, this very question in the post-race right. press conference. And he said, look, I mean, yeah, you could you could maybe throw something at it, but if you're that far off where you're running 24th, the odds of you, if there's if there is a restart, if the odds of you being able to stay up there are pretty 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 small. So it was going to be a long shot, but I still thought, I mean, with this playoff system, you would have thought maybe somebody. Well, would go and for it, it, it may have been a long shot, but and I'm not looking at the stats of it, but it wasn't that many laps as it turned out. It wasn't like they had to stay out there for 20 laps or 30 laps or right. something like that. So I agree with you. I really thought that would have been an obvious time. So I will be curious to hear what uh, Casey has to say or his team has to say about it too. Yeah. Well, um, 
other than that, I mean, there wasn't too many like surprises up there. You know, a lot of times with these rain shortened races, you get somebody who pops up there late because of the weird strategy and things like that. I mean, Chris Buescher won one of these a couple years ago. Eric Almirola won, uh, I think it was his first career win at Daytona right. in a rain shortened race a few years ago. So sometimes you get the really random people, but you didn't really have anybody because it was completely dominated <laughs> by Fords. I mean, what a butt whooping. Yeah. by Ford in general. Seven of the top eight, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I, I saw that the stat, which actually really shocked me, but so Stuart Haas got a one, two, three sweep. And according to ESPN stats, this is uh, the first one, two, three sweep by a team since 2008. I would have sworn that like Joe Gibbs Racing had done it at some point, maybe even Hendrick, but no. Yeah, that was surprising to me too. And in fact, I had initially thought that Stuart Haas had already done it this year. <laughs> so yeah. I had to go and double check on that. So that that's huge though. And I know that's big for that team. And and really any of the three guys, whether it was Kevin Harvick or, or Kurt Busch also had a really strong race. So, you know, it could have been a combination of any of those three. Although I thought afterwards, Kevin was pretty emphatic that he did not think he was going to get around Clint. He seemed to think Clint had the edge that they had gone after it and that at that point Clint was faster than him. So Yeah, I don't know. I kind of find that hard to believe. I feel like Harvick kind of had the car to beat all day. And Boyer said he, did. he was the fastest yes. car and that, you know, sometimes the fastest car didn't win. And Boyer said he didn't feel like he stole it, but that Harvick had the faster car. But um I mean Ford in general though, I can't remember the last time, well, I was going to say the last time a manufacturer dominated a race like this, but you could probably say it's Toyota, one of the races last year. But at least at Michigan, um, it seems like usually everybody brings their best stuff because we always hear, oh, it's the manufacturer's backyard over and over again. It's like pounded right. into your head and you're like, okay, we get it. They're here. It's important to them. But it really is important to them. I mean, they're like, seriously, they bring a ton of people here. They put a lot of emphasis on it. And Ford, I'm sure feels really good about it was like christmas morning on pit road with all the ford people (laughs) was like get out of the way we've got some more ford people that need to come over and celebrate with clint so it was and you know even though i would say toyota with last year they didn't start doing all of this until kind of the summer and the second half of the season so i keep hearing that from chevrolet that they feel like they're getting closer and closer and closer so i i really think it's going to be interesting to see when they when it clicks and if they're able to start pulling off or, or perhaps do something like Toyota did last year when they kind of got it all together. You know, it's funny because you say that and and I know they've been saying that, but I feel like skeptical that because now it's um, it's the middle of June. I mean, at some point it's like, OK, yeah, we're going to turn around. We're going to do just like like Toyota did where we've got our new car and it's just going to take us some little tweaks. I mean. Gosh, you look at the rundown today. Uh, the top Chevrolet was ninth. You have one in 10th, 13th. I mean, it's just, and they weren't even on the radar for most of the day. William Byron was like the best Chevy for much of the day. But didn't you went to a Chevrolet event? Uh, where they were un- they were showing the Camaro I did. I went stuff. over to Lansing. It was really interesting. It was the actual factory where they build the Camaros, and it was you know fantastic to listen to to watch. Uh, how it all goes down and talk to a lot of the Chevrolet drivers. But, you know, somebody did bring up a good point. I can't remember which driver it was that, you know, so they, uh, it was Alex Bowman, actually. So they get it together, perhaps, and win at a road course. Well, the next week they aren't racing at a road course. So they're kind of like having to 
not start over, but it's a completely different set of circumstances. So I, I got the idea from him that it seems like, you know, if they can have a little bunch where they've got a couple of the same types of tracks in a row, that's where they're going to be able to see where they've gained and really use what they've gained the next week. So we'll see. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see them win at Sonoma. I, I really keep feeling like any week it could happen. Yeah. Well, it seemed like they were getting a little bit closer after Charlotte. It seemed they made some gains and people at Pocono were like, oh, yeah, you know, hey, this is they're, they're starting to be a little bit more respectable here. But then today it just seems like they fell off off the map. But I mean, everybody Toyotas, too, really weren't uh, that much of a factor except for Kyle Busch. I mean, Truex finished 18th today for like no apparent reason. Yeah, right? he just wasn't on. I, I will be curious to find out what they have to say as well. Yeah, like that was a very big mystery. And Kyle Larson, I thought, was doing a good job. Like Kyle Busch had was, to start from true. the rear and he came up. But he, uh, that's, I forgot. I forgot to mention him. He was like the shining Chevrolet today. And then he made a mistake. He tweeted. He threw it away. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, that's that's true. He I guess he would have carried the, the torch once again for Chevrolet. Just sort of an odd circumstance. But um, I did want to go through a couple. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of tweets. There's some angst or anger or something about how the race went down a little bit today. So I thought we could go explain some a few things. First of all, people are were saying, well, they called the race too early. Um I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought that they did everything they could. And the I, by the time they called the race, it was 7 p.m. You and I were both out on pit road. Right. We're getting rained on on pit road while we're doing the interviews. So yes. it's not like it just had stopped. It was raining. And we know it takes at least two hours to dry this track. It was super damp. Who know? You know, even if it stopped raining right then, by the time they would have restarted the race, it would have been dark. And it stays light later right. here in Michigan, but it wouldn't, I, I, I agree. And, and you know, I came back in, my hair is still wet from being out there. So yeah. I, I really didn't get the idea. I mean, it, it was a legitimate rain. Right. I mean, they did victory lane under, you know, undercover uh, as opposed to being outside. And those guys don't care if they get wet, but that's what they felt like they needed to do. So that shows you how much the weather was a concern. And it didn't get better. No, it didn't. I just don't understand why exactly they were, uh, why people on Twitter were like, well, they, they, they didn't give us a full race and stuff. And the other thing is too, people were like, well, um, you know, they, they didn't start this race with the intent to finish it. But I mean, I think they actually did. I don't think they thought, well, we're just racing to the end of stage two. The way the weather was today, like the radar from the start. It was bizarro. Yeah. There's this huge green blob coming all morning, and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, great. This is a Monday race. This isn't going to happen. And as the blob approached, it like weirdly, oddly broke up, and only we only got a little bit of it here. And then that moved quickly, and they were able to dry it. And then like there was little blobs, and it just, I don't know, you you could have thought that it would the other stuff would break up too there was no indication that for sure it was going to come and end the race like this it wasn't like this big wave of green right. was coming and it's it was, very weird up here i'm i'm a floridian and uh-huh. i live in florida and and our rain showers are a little bit more cut and dry uh, to use the expression <laughs> uh, than it was here i mean and these felt like they morphed they yeah. changed the shape of the shower changed as it came and and there was really no way to predict even how heavy it was going to rain a light rain shower maybe they could have done something but it was raining it was legitimately raining it was you know i i i really feel like maybe that's something that wasn't as translatable on television as, as it was being here yeah i agree and then the other thing, the other NASCAR call that I wanted to touch on was the end of stage one. There was some controversy. And actually, I 
misinterpreted the rule as well because based on what I talked to NASCAR afterwards, there was a group of us NASCAR was, uh, made available to explain the decision, which was nice. But um, basically, so at the end of stage one, they're trying to get a green flag restart. They want to end the stage under green. So there was a caution with three laps to go. Usually they open uh, pit road under a normal caution. But since that it was late, first they called, okay, we're going to open pit road. Then they realized, well, there's only two laps and we got to open, we got to get the race restarted. So they said, okay, pit road's closed because they always close the pit road with two laps to go before the end of the stage. Right, right. So they said, look, that, that's, that's, that pit road was not going to open. Um, so they initially called it wrong and then they figured it out. But bottom line was, um, it, there, there was no reason to open pit road because it was the stage was coming to an end. They wanted to finish it under green instead of running out under caution. So I think that's actually a fair decision and they made the right call. There was some confusion even in, um, even in the Fox booth. So I actually got to watch stage one from the Fox booth today. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I was riding up the elevator with, uh, randomly with Mike joy. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the press box at Michigan here is right next to the Fox booth. And he's like, you know, you really should come in and, and see it from our view at some point. Listen to what we hear on Great the headset idea. and stuff. Great idea. So I'm like, well, I'm trying to cover the race and I, I'm just go back down. So it's probably not. He's like, okay, go cover the race then. Like, we'll give you the headset. Whenever you need to leave, leave. You know, you can hear what we hear and, you know, write about it or not. But I actually learned a lot. I think I'm going to write a little bit of an article about it. I hope so. On, on this week. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting. It was different than I thought it would be. They were super... They were like very conversational with each other. Like I kind of pictured three guys sitting there and like they would just sort of like look at the screen or talk or talk in their microphones. But they're like hitting each other on the arm and pointing and like, oh, hey, oh, my gosh, you see that? Like they're very like engaged with right. each other and trying to explain things. To and each, each other. of their personalities, I think, is so different. Yeah. That it does make sense that it's like that. It's just like, oh, you know, Jeff might see something that DW didn't notice or or didn't look in the same way, I should say, or didn't view it the same way. So I totally get that. I can see that with those three. Yeah. So it, it, that was fun. And um, I'll, I'll probably write a piece about that this week. But. Um, Holly, anything else, uh, that, that jumped out to you here today? Um, you know, I mean, just looking at the point standings, it's, it's looking like there's going to be a lot of points, uh, spots available because I think maybe it was you that mentioned in the, in the press conference, um, there's four drivers, four who drivers multiple with multiple races. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. It's going to be quite a points battle this summer. I I think so. And I'm very curious. I really think at the road course that we're going to see a different winner. That's my big prediction. Although uh, Kevin is one there and Clint's one there and Martin is one there. So all and Kyle is one there. So, um, you know, those guys. In fact, I was doing a little research for a story I'm working on and they are actually some of the most recent winners at Sonoma. So uh, I don't know, but it does lend itself perhaps to somebody different, you know, figuring it out for that day. Kyle Larson is still due at Sonoma, too. He's won a uh, K&N race there. From the pole and let every lap, as a matter of fact, which is mm. hard to do on a road course. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I think that could be real interesting. Well, only 11 races left. We keep waiting. Only 11 races left in the regular season for, for waiting for something to happen. You've got Daytona. You've got two road courses out there. Um, you've got the Bristol night race. This was the one opportunity maybe for a weather-shortened race, and nobody took it. So, um, Holly, what do you think the, uh, the, was it a good race poll will look like? I, I have to say, um, 
I I lost to Zach Stern Sterniolo Sterniolo, excuse me, of the Pocono record last week at Pocono. He wow. he beat me. Do you say it first or do I say it first? Well, it's up to you. I can go first if you want, and then you can try to price is right me on All it. All right, I will. I'll try and do that. I'm, oh, okay. I won't you even lie. I'll go that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so this is gonna be a tough one. And I'll tell you the factors I'm thinking about here. I think that people some people are gonna go, Well, that sucked because it was rain shortened and they wanted to see a full race. Um, other people are going to be happy that um, a Harvick or Kyle Busch didn't win. They're, then they like Boyer, and they're going to say, well, that was cool. And I think the rain always mixes up the strategy. There was some doubt, as you mentioned, at the, at the start of the podcast. So I feel like it's going to be over 50%, but I don't know how popular it's going to be. So I think I'm maybe going to go like with the, uh, maybe like a 57%. Ah, oh, man. You and I oh, think alike. Really? I was going to go 60 <laughs> You can go 60. I, I think I'll go, I should go 58. Oh, you're going to box me in? <laughs> no, okay. I, I won't do that. I won't do that. But I, I, I think I will go 60%. I think they're in favor. Clint is a popular winner. True. I think people like that. I think they like that it it wasn't Kyle or Kevin this one time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it was a, a good race if you take out the rain or maybe you keep the rain in and you think about the strategy involved to do that. And frankly, we were all kidding him. But, you know, to take two tires instead of four, that really made all the difference in that race. So That's true. I, I, I like races that have like a bold strategy move in it to, uh, to affect things. So I'm going to go 60%. Okay, 60% for you, 57% for me. Um, for those of you listening, coming up on Tuesday, there's going to be a 12 questions version of the podcast with Jamie McMurray. And then uh, there's not going to be a How I Got Here podcast this week because it's the off week. And I figured there's probably not going to be a lot of people that are tuned in necessarily on the off week. And then we go to Sonoma. Um, so there's going to be the, the, the next one after that will be um, a 12 questions with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. that I recorded. Nice. And then one of the best How I Got Here's uh, that I think I've done this season is coming up, um, going into Sonoma, but I don't want to, um, give too much away on that yet because it's a good one. I hope people will tune in, but that's coming up, uh, over a week from now. So I'll, I'll tease that a little bit more later, but, um, anyway, yeah. So hope everybody enjoys the off week. Um, Sonoma is in two weeks. Holly, do you have any fun off week plans? I don't. I have some fun plans the week of Sonoma, the week after Sonoma, I'm going to Europe with my kids. Oh, hello. So uh, they are performing over there. They nice. are young musicians. So I'm looking forward to doing that. That'll be a lot of fun. That's my awesome. big summer adventure. That sounds great. But I will be keeping an eye on things. I'll be reading all of your tweets, Jeff, and keeping okay. an eye on things. So I know what's going on back here. Well, I'll feel extra pressure knowing that you're over <laughs> in Europe and I'm in wine country and you're, you're checking my tweets. That's but, a push. Okay. <laughs> Holly, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And everybody else, have a great week. Talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.